The 2018 World Cup is ready to kick off, and even though the U.S. national team isn't there, we have the American Dream Team here to break it all down for you. Hello, everybody. This is the SBI Show. I'm Ivis Galarsev, and I'm lucky enough to have with me uh, two, two of the best guys in the business. We have Doug McIntyre of Yahoo, and we have Paul Tenorio of The Athletic, and we're going to break down the World Cup for you. It starts on Thursday in Russia. Unfortunately, none of us are going to be there, but we'll, we'll be watching it just like everyone else. And uh, i got to ask you guys, first things first, can you guys even remember what it's like to be to watch a World Cup without the U.S.? Uh, how much do you remember of 1996? Do you remember anything from 1996? What's it like? This is the part where we, we age ourselves, Ivis, so thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not quite as old as you. I'm a little bit older than Paul. Um, I don't really remember 1986 very much. I remember my parents are from Scotland, so obviously we watched the tournament. Scotland was in that tournament, uh, didn't do very well, although we would, you know, all Scottish fans would take not doing very well at a World Cup, having not been there for 20 years. So I remember, uh, like, we had a flag flying out our window, and I remember my dad gushing about uh, Diego Maradona. And obviously he enjoyed uh, his goals against England very much. Um, but outside of that, I don't, I don't remember too much. I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, most of the games that people watched were in Spanish. I think I just did a story, actually, for Yahoo on what the landscape of the sport was like in the U.S. back then. There was only seven games on NBC. ESPN had a bunch of... Um, early round games that they showed, but the ratings were minuscule. I mean, just a completely different time for the sport than the one we're, you know, lucky enough to live in now. Even though the U.S. didn't make it this time. What about you, Paul? How what were you like four yeah, years old? When I you was, was I was one. I was one year old. So, <laughs> oh my uh, lord! So I, I don't mean to I don't mean to put a little bit of hurt on you, but 1986. <laughs> there's very little memory for me. Well, um, uh, I wasn't in college. Let's let's take it easy here, okay? I'm not that old, <laughs> just for the record. So we're, no, okay. I'm, honestly, like my first real legitimate World Cup memory was is of being um, at RFK Stadium in '94 for Italy Mexico, um, and going through that '94 World Cup as a kid. So yeah, I don't remember a World Cup without the U.S. It feels obviously different. It feels wrong in a way. It feels, um, I, I guess, just. A, like there's this absence there, um, not just in in how you think about watching the tournament. Um, it's just it's just a weird feeling. It's just a weird feeling. Right. Well, I'll tell you, I, I don't remember much. I just remember uh, my family getting together, and I remember Maradona, and that's that's kind of the one thing you remember for Peruvians. There weren't there was no Peru in the World Cup at that time. Um, they they had they had just missed out uh, after being there in '82, but it, I I can't say I remember much vividly. I'm not gonna pretend I remember the hand of God when hand of God goal when it happened, but I, I do remember uh, groups the family group getting together to watch the game, and there weren't many games on. As Doug mentioned, it's crazy to think about how now we're so spoiled we're gonna see every single game, or we we can see every single game uh, in HD. Uh, as opposed to seven games, uh, none in English or however many there were in English. Uh, it's crazy. It's just so different now. People are spoiled. Uh, for the record, I was, I think, 11. I think I was 11 when the last World Cup happened. So not not I wasn't quite in college yet, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember that. So the big question a lot of people are talking about, since the U.S. isn't in this World Cup, is who should people root for? And obviously people usually have, you know, some people are lucky enough to have their kind of, 
their, their their family ties, their their, their kind of background uh, connections. Obviously, Paul, you, you you have Costa Rica, I have Peru. Uh, so, Doug, I have to ask, who should U.S. who should American fans, USA fans who don't have ties or connections, who should they root for? Yeah, it's a good question, and and you know, I I wouldn't tell anyone who they should root for. I mean, I think that's a that's a personal decision, you know. So. Uh, there's certainly like, if you look at at me as a neutral and, and I think a lot of neutrals probably look at teams like Iceland, uh, such a great story, um, such a small population to be able to go, go into a world cup. And, you know, they built some momentum the last few years, obviously playing in the, in the euros and and reaching the knockout stages and beating England along the way, I might add. Um, and then, and then you look at Egypt, uh, you know, Mo Salah, what a great season he's coming off. Great story. Obviously some ties there, uh, you know, to the U S with Bob Bradley, having coached that team, uh, Omar Gaber, the LAFC defenders in that squad. So I think you look at those teams as a neutral, but you know, the, the, the real question is what do U S fans think about Mexico? And, you know, I, I, I can understand U S men's national team fans, not wanting to see Mexico do well, but Mexico is a team that I'm going to be watching with a lot of interest for a lot of reasons. We know these players inside out. If you're an American fan, you've seen them play, you know, three of those guys are, are in MLS, the Dos Santos brothers uh, from the galaxy, uh, Carlos Vela, who's had a great start to his MLS career at LAFC. And of course, one Carlos Osorio who's coached in, in, in MLS before and potentially could be a candidate probably should be a candidate, at least on the short list, depending on how Mexico does to, to be the next U.S. coach. So, you know, I'm certainly going to be very interested in watching Mexico's games. They have a great team, um, and I, I think they could do well in this tournament. So, uh, yeah, it, you know. It's a little yeah. tricky, right? Because you've had, you know, Alexi Lalas and some other people, most recently Landon Donovan, talk about rooting for Mexico and, and why they will root for Mexico. And, and I've always... I find it a little odd. I get it on one hand, right? Because if these teams do terribly, let's say the CONCAP teams all do terribly, it's not a good look. It's not a, it's not a good look for, for the U.S. national team. It's like you couldn't even get out of this group with this trash. Like, you know, that that's where it's a little it's a little catch-22, I, I, I guess, for the, the U.S. fans who refuse to root for Mexico. And, and I totally get it. Like, I, I, don't know, I don't know how you can tell anyone to root for them. But at the same time, I don't know if any, any, any American fans should be rooting for their demise and rooting for them to get embarrassed because I, I don't know if that's a good look. What do you, what do you think, Paul? No, I mean, it, it's a weird dynamic. I think, I mean, I can tell you growing up in a Costa Rican household, even with my dad who eventually became a citizen, there wasn't a lot of rooting for the U.S. sometimes. But I, I do agree that from a regional perspective, when CONCACAF teams do well, it reflects well on this region. And I think the growth of the sport in this region, and I, that's important still for the U.S. I don't know. I, I guess for me, as as someone who often watches sports without a rooting interest, I, I, I lean towards rooting for the storylines more than anything else. And, you know, when you go into this World Cup, there are so many different stories you can grab hold of. You know, even something as kind of grand as it, will Messi be able to take a team on his back and, and get the one trophy that has, you know, I guess not the one trophy, but the major international trophy that has eluded him and, and will allow him to be in that conversation for greatest ever. I mean, even something like that can give people incentive. Um, you know, Iceland, you know, as Doug pointed out, was a good story. There, there are good stories all over the place. Um, and, and sometimes there's more enjoyment in rooting for that or, or waiting to see which underdog breaks out of the group stage and, and holding on to that. 
I think um, I think as far as American fans rooting for Mexico just because it's the team with the most fans in the U.S. that's that's out there is probably a bit flawed. But I do think that they should understand why it's important for CONCACAF to to, to do well in the World Cup uh, when it comes to the game in this country. Well, let me ask you. So, I mean, obviously there's been World Cups where Costa Rica wasn't in it. Uh would your family be rooting for Mexico? Because, I mean, I know Costa Ricans aren't big fans in Mexico. I mean, I know as nah, much as U.S. fans don't like. Either. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think Tico fans might even dislike Mexico more than the U.S. But uh, so I can't imagine there, there were Ticos rooting for Mexico when they weren't in the World Cup. No, 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 no. Definitely not. Yeah. And like what would happen is, you know, you 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 find those stories. I mean, my family grew up where my, my parents' best friends were Colombian. So a lot of times if Costa Rica wasn't in it, my dad would root along with his good friend Henry and root for Colombia. You go to the sports bar in New York and if, if, if Peru's playing, man, you want to jump in on that party, you know? And it was kind of like that when I was growing up. Obviously, I was always rooting for the U.S. as a kid. Um, but, you know, when we went to the bar with my parents' friends and Colombia was playing, it was too much fun, you know, not to root for Colombia in their games or, you know, our friends that were Paraguayan or whatever. You just kind of jumped on the party train, and you were like, "I just want to, I want to cheer and celebrate for the goals with this mass of people I'm around." I remember the last World Cup, and obviously, the, uh, Concacaf did pretty well in the last World Cup. If you think about it, uh, you know, three teams in the knockout rounds, and I, I think once you're into the heart of the tournament, and when, once the matches are flying by, I don't know if it's necessarily a case of rooting for these teams, but I think there is deep down, as much as maybe American fans won't admit it, I think there's got to be a little sense of. Of I, pr- almost pride, right? Because you know what? If these if if Concacaf teams do well, it kind of shows the world that hey, listen, this is this region is tougher than maybe people give it credit. Obviously, give it credit for. So we'll see what happens. It's not going to be necessarily an easy tournament for Concacaf. I think I think you could see, you know, Panama could definitely have a rough one. But uh, as far as Mexico rooting for Mexico, thankfully for me, I have Peru. I can root for Peru. Uh, Doug, Doug, so Doug, you're not root. You don't. You there's no kind of like family tie, like great great grandfather German or none of that. No, no. Well, I'll be rooting against England, and after that, I really don't <laughs> care. Nice. <laughs> rooting against England, Doug. You can it. be an honorary Tico man. Hey, hey, no, hey. I'm sending. That's... I'll send you a Peru jersey. Actually, when I see you on Wednesday, uh, I'll see if I bring you a, a Peru jersey so you can, you can rock the Peru. All right, hey, Peru's a good shout too for uh, for neutrals as well. I'll be rooting for Peru. It's good to see them back in. Uh, the spot they belong. That's right. That's right. So I got to ask you guys. Next up, we have to talk about matches to watch. There, there's obviously uh, some really good group stage uh, matchups. I'm kind of curious uh, which, if you had to pick the one match you could go to, you, you know, you could get a ticket to. Uh, Paul, you first. What, what what would be the match that you would go to? Oh my gosh, that's tough. I mean, maybe it's just because it's on my mind because it's one of the first games of the tournament, but. I think when you look at the potential swing it could have on the rest of the bracket, that Germany-Mexico game has the potential to be a pretty darn good early game. You know, if Mexico can perform to their potential and they're able to to steal a result against, you know, maybe the tournament favorite or definitely one of the tournament favorites, you know, that impacts where both of those teams end up on the bracket. It potentially sets up Brazil-Germany in the, the, the first knockout round. So... You know, for me, for, for the potential impact on the entire bracket, I think that's way up there. And, and then the, you know, I guess I'll leave one, it at that. One game, one game. Don't don't get greedy. Don't get greedy. Uh, we we got to leave some for the group one I was looking at, but we'll see what you guys say. Yeah, we'll we'll, 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 we'll get back around. So, Doug, you're, you're up next. Give me give me your, yeah, your gonna, pick. 
I'm going to immediately go ahead and pick two games. Uh, no, just... man. You got to pick one. No, <laughs> no, no, <you> <laughs> no two-part questions. <laughs> there you go. No two-part answers. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, I, first I want to talk about the opening game, right? Russia and Saudi Arabia. I don't know if there's ever been an opening match of a World Cup I've been less excited to see. That one just does oh, not yeah, do anything for me. Not. But then the next day, I find it's really interesting. There's a bunch of really good games on Friday. You know, you have Egypt and Uruguay first up. Um, and then the one I'll pick, uh, since you're putting me on the spot, um, the, the last game on Friday is Portugal and Spain. I mean, how, how do you, you know, yeah, I'm curious. That's the top game. That's the top yeah, game. Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Portugal, obviously reigning European champions playing against their, their border rival. And, and Spain is still one of the best teams in the world and, and wants to show that, you know, they still have it at the top level after, after flaming out in the first round four years ago in Brazil. So that's the one I'll go with. Well, we're gonna treat this a little bit like a like a fantasy draft, right? Where we're gonna <laughs> I'm gonna pick two now since I'm last, and then we'll go back around to you guys. Obviously, Peru making the return to the World Cup, and I know I'm a homer, but just Peru being back in the World Cup, number one, and 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 the fan excitement. Obviously, Peruvians already in Russia in force, but that's a big game, right? For that group, I mean, playing Denmark, uh, winner of that game is looking pretty good. Uh, to to get out of that group or in you know in comfortable shape considering France is the favorite in that group but for me that game I think is going to be I, for me obviously it's going to be an emotional uh, connection there so I, I have to go with that one but then my next pick the kind of ringer pick England Belgium and I knew Doug wasn't going to pick England Belgium but I'm going to go England Belgium tons of star power and, and a, a lot to talk about as far as those teams because Belgium with all the talent that they have. Can they put it together finally? And England, obviously, we, we always hear about England, and, and, and the English always overrate their team. But maybe this England team finally is close to being as good as, as English fans actually think. So I think for me, those two games are you know those two games are the ones that stand out for me that, that like I'm looking forward to. I'm going to give you another chance, Doug. Give me another game that you like. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned Iceland before, and we, we've already talked about Messi, so uh, very much looking forward to a Saturday morning game between Argentina and Iceland. I mean, yeah. Leo Messi, World Cup, and I think that'll set the tone for, you know, how, how the tournament goes for Argentina and Messi, and I think it's a hard game for them. I mean, again, I think Iceland's a really good team, and they're they're tough defensively, and it's not going to be easy, so I'm looking forward to that one. World Cup David and Goliath games are always there's – always, there's always at least one or two in every tournament – where a team no one thinks can win wins the game, and this kind of feels like, as much as I, I really want to see Lionel Messi kind of make go on his run here, this this could could this be the trap game? And and I, I look I look forward to the fans. Obviously, the Iceland fans I had a chance a chance to spend some time in Iceland a, a while back, and the, their fans are something special. I got to tell you. So that, yeah, that one I'm definitely looking forward to. Okay, Paul, wrap it up. Give me give me give me your best of the of the rest. What 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 game? What other game are you looking forward to? Um, you know, it's kind of on that that same narrative of kind of a, a smaller team or less heralded Serbia, Serbia Brazil. Brazil. I think it's, yes. I think it's an interesting matchup at the end of that group stage, and you know, could Brazil get upset there by Serbia? It has implications for Maiticos, obviously. I think that I think that could be a really good soccer game, tactically speaking. Oh, absolutely! I think that I think that one that that one's going to be fun to watch for sure. In terms of individual players, obviously we all know about the big, the big, big stars, uh, Messi and Ronaldo. They're the headliners. Neymar, kind of the third one. Uh, aside from those three mega stars, who, what, what, what player 
are you kind of looking forward to seeing in this tournament, seeing how they perform, seeing if they can kind of emerge? Uh, Doug, I'll let you let you get the first crack at this one. Who who, who do you like? Good, I'm good because I have one right off the top of my head. Uh, Kylian Mbappe from France. Um, you know, second youngest player in the tournament. Uh, you know, with all due respect to the young man from Australia, I think that <laughs> that's the guy that you know. Mbappe is the guy that a lot of people want to see. Clearly, uh, a tremendous talent. Um, U.S. fans that watched the U.S. against France on Saturday, the friendly that ended uh, 1-1, very good result for a US, young U.S. team. Uh, Mbappe had the equalizer in that game, and uh, he's a really special player that's going to be around for a long time. So I'm curious to see how he does, and I'm curious to see how the French team does overall. I mean, this is a team that, going back a quarter of a century, basically every other World Cup, they've been terrible. They're either great or they're terrible, or they implode, and then things fall apart. So... Uh, they did okay in 2014. Uh, the wheels fell off in 2010. So they're due for for something else bad to happen this tournament. So I'm, I'm curious to see if they break the cycle. Because obviously we know France says they certainly have one of the most talented teams in the field. But, you know, it takes a lot more than talent to do well at a World Cup. So I'm curious to see how they do. Nice. Paul, who, who you got? Who's your... Who's your... Um, it's tough. I mean, if we're not picking mega stars, I well, just, I just the top. Just, other than the top three that I mentioned, and you can have anyone else. Go ahead. I mean, I think one of the most interesting stories is going to be: Can Mo Salah be healthy, and can he carry Egypt out of the group stage? To me, the season he put together with Liverpool, he's obviously the centerpiece. Came off that injury in Champions League. Is he going to be fit? Is he not? The guy could win the Ballon d'Or this year, and and you know take Messi and Ronaldo away from that award that they've dominated over the last decade. Um, I think it's one of the most intriguing stories, but he is one of the biggest names in global football right now. Right. I mean, it's tricky with Egypt, right? Because as great as Mo Salah is, and he's been unbelievable, he's got a little bit of a different supporting cast at Liverpool than he does at Egypt. And not to not to, to crush Egypt here, because I don't want Bob Bradley calling me and threatening me <laughs> if he hears this, but uh, <laughs> I, I, just, I just think it, it's going to be a little tough for him to really kind of show everything that he can can do i hope i hope he does well i mean obviously he's a, he's a great story he seems like a, just a, just a special player uh for me it, 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 I, doug you know you went with france so i don't know i don't want to go with france it's uh, i was i was going to, i was going to say antoine griezmann but since you already since you already said mbappe I'll, I'll go with you know what i'll go with belgium and i'll go with kevin de bruyne uh, a, a guy who obviously had an outstanding season with Man City and U.S. national team fans will remember the damage that he did against the U.S. Uh, in the knockout rounds there at the end in, in 2014. Uh, he's someone who I think he's obviously going to be key, uh, key for Belgium as talented as they are, you know, all over the place. And, and Roberto Martinez running the show there. I think, you know, he could be a guy who emerges from this tournament as as knocking on that door. Uh, of the most elite, so I think for me he's he's definitely going to be one who who I'm going to have an eye on uh, on there. Uh, let me see, try and see what other players. I don't know if I want to give you guys any more any more cracks at this. Is there is there anyone else that that you guys were were, were thinking of that you really want to see? Are you excited to see or that you think could have a breakout? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a bunch of guys. I mean, I, I, I what, think one uh, one. Give me one. Give me one. <laughs> well. You know, for me, I'm, I'm interested to see with England this time around, you know, could Marcus Rashford as a young player step up and, and have a big tournament? I know everyone's going to be looking at Harry Kane. You know, Rashford seems ready to to shine. He's definitely a, a still a young player. Um, he, he's one that, I, that I'd like to see how he performs. 
on the biggest stage and, and for a team that typically underperforms on that stage. Doug. Well, I want to talk more about uh, matchups, actually. And and you talked about Panama before uh, and games we're looking forward to. I, one game I'm really looking forward to is the Panama-England game, um, just because I would love to see uh, Panama get a result and English people lose their minds uh, over that. So, uh, you know, unfancy team for sure, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, the, it looks like a slam dunk for England, and things are never a slam dunk for England, to Paul's point. Uh, so, you know, it would uh, make my day if uh, Panama happens to be the team to, to, to trip them up. And by the way, I don't think there's any way Belgium Belgium doesn't beat England when they play in that game. I don't- <laughs> love it. Love it. Love the England hate. It's great. Uh, I, I'm surprised none of you, you guys said uh, Dele Alle. Um, obviously, you know, a lot, a lot, lot being put on his shoulders uh, uh, for England. Uh, but I got to tell Panama, we're t- talking about Panama. I don't know, man. I think they're going to have a rough one. Uh, just because when you look at the age of that team and the age of some of their players and the World Cup, if if nothing else, the World Cup is rough on older players. And I just think from that standpoint, between that that aspect and then the group itself that they're in, I think it's going to be a rough one. It's going to be a rough one. I, I, before we get into the groups, I, as far as I, I'll name one more player, obviously everyone talks about Ronaldo for Portugal, but Goncalo Guedes, another a, a supremely talented young player, uh, on the books at PSG. I think we've seen him light it up for Portugal in some recent games. He might be that guy that takes the spotlight away from Ronaldo as much as we all know Ronaldo would hate that for that to happen. But remember the name Guedes. He's, he's a guy, he's a guy to watch for sure. Uh, let's get into the groups real quick with all the big teams that are big teams or all the surprise teams that aren't in this world cup. Uh, it, there's fewer group of deaths, clear, clear cut group of death kind of picks uh, so I'll, I'll ask this question. What group are you most interested or most kind of do you find to be the most interesting group? Uh, Paul, I'll go with you first. Um, you know, that's a good question. I think they're I'm kind of torn between two groups, but I'll go with uh, I'll go with group D. I think that, you know, Argentina is playing with a ton of pressure. They're the clear favorites in the group. But there are three decent sides in this as well. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. There's usually one African team in the tournament that does well. I'm not sure it'll be Nigeria this time around. But Croatia and Iceland are both teams capable of beating anyone, I think. And, and you know, how will that shake up in this group? I think that was one of the groups I had the hardest time kind of seeding one through four because I think, you know, Croatia and Iceland are both teams that are uh, maybe a little bit underrated and both teams that could make a little bit of noise. Um, so maybe top to bottom, I think that might be one of the more well-rounded groups. And again, it also, you have to factor in, I don't know what we're going to get out of this Argentina squad. And every game that they go in, there's just so much pressure. Um, so for me, I think Group D is the one I'm most intrigued by in this tournament. Absolutely. I think any of any of those four teams can get through the knockout rounds. I won't say any team could miss because I just I just don't I just don't see Argentina missing uh, or or failing to get out of the group. I'm sure I'm jinxing jinxing them as we speak, but uh, yeah, that one's a, that one's fun, uh, definitely going to be a fun one to watch. So I want I want you to run down for me in your order what you see the order of finish in that group being one to four. I have it as Argentina one, Croatia two, Nigeria three, and Iceland four. I know everyone loves Iceland. I think that there might be a letdown in this tournament, so that's my one through four. That's that's exactly my order. So, I'll, I'll, Doug, what, what's your order for that group? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would say um, – I'm trying to remember what I picked. I definitely had Argentina first. I had Nigeria last. I think I had – I think when I did my picks, I had Iceland getting through. Nice. Uh, just because they seem a bit more – they're more of a team. I think Croatia, there's no question they have the talent. But for some reason they – have, They also have distractions going on right now with court cases and whatnot. Well, that's the thing. They, they don't seem to be together. But I, but I, I got to tell you, like looking at it again, I, I mean, I almost had some buyer's remorse when I look at the Croatian team. I mean, they have some some, some fantastic talent on the team, uh, an incredible midfield uh, with Rakitic and Luka Modric, you know, two guys that play for two of the best teams in the world. Uh, I thought Modric, Modric was excellent this season with Real Madrid. Um, so they're, you know, they're a team that could definitely uh, surprise some people. And I feel like no one's really talking about Cro- Croatia. So you know, if they if they get hot, they could uh, they could make some noise. Uh, and as far as Nigeria, I got to say, whether or not they get out of the group, they've already won the style portion of this World yeah, Cup. No doubt. Between no the jersey, doubt. between the jersey and the and the and the the outfits they were wearing to get to Russia. I mean, come on, they are the clear runaway uh, fashion champions of this World Cup, no doubt about it. Doug, give me the group other than Group D, obviously the group yep. that you're most looking forward to seeing. Yeah, Group F. We talked about it. Uh, we talked about it before when we talked about Mexico and we talked about Germany. I mean, obviously, you think Germany is a hundred percent coming out of that that group. Um, on paper, South Korea is, is the, probably the weakest of the four. But then you have Mexico and Sweden, and, and any group that has three good teams for two spots is always interesting to me. So you know, we assume Germany is going to go through, but one of one of them. Mexico and Sweden aren't and you know and South Korea is not a tough out either we know that you know they're gonna they're gonna run their socks off they're they're not gonna be easy to beat so I really look at that one and you know I look at history and I look at you know Mexico pretty much always advances to the knockout stages but uh you know so so that was my pick I had Germany one uh Mexico two Sweden three South Korea four but I mean, Sweden knocked off Italy to get to the World Cup, and and again, they're a, t- a team that's you know very defensive minded. They can they can steal a goal, but they're hard to break down. Um, they're a real team. They don't revolve around Zlatan Ibrahimovic anymore, which you know sort of the the way they played maybe in the Euros two years ago. They they had to play a certain way to accommodate him. I think they're a better team than they were, and and you know the, if they're playing in Europe, we we know that the, the history of European teams doing better when the World Cup is is on its own continent, and uh, I think it could make it tricky. I do think Mexico goes through, but uh, that Mexico-Sweden game on June 27th is, is going to be uh, is going to be very interesting. And whoever comes out of that one is going to be the team that, that joins Germany in the knockout rounds. Yeah, that group is definitely uh, going to be a good one to watch. I tell you what, everyone's kind of just giving Germany that stamp uh, through this group. Uh, but I tell you, that first game, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna get through, right? They're gonna get out of that group. But I I just feel like. That first game against Mexico, I think Mexico could absolutely knock them off. And just look at recent history of, of, of reigning champions, right? Three out of, three of the last four reigning champions did not get out of their group. And and a lot of times that first game is, is kind of the, the, the root of that of those problems. And obviously this Germany team is a different animal when compared to some of those past champions in terms of just... You know, you could argue they're an even deeper team now than they were four years ago. So they're not going to be an easy, an easy one. But you look at these recent results in the friendlies for them. They, they've not looked good in their in their most recent friendlies in the run up to the World Cup. So if you're Mexico, if you're Juan Carlos Osorio, and you look at that, I think you're telling your team go after these guys. Just don't. There's no fear. Just attack them, and 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 we can knock them off. I think that's the message. If you're if you're Mexico, so. 
yeah, that group, I agree. I, I like that group a lot. Uh, I'm going to, my pick, I'm going to obviously, again, I'm, people are going to accuse me of being a homer, but this is a good group. Group C, <laughs> obviously France is the favorite, but Peru and Denmark. I mean, Denmark is is, su- is such a tough team. Christian Eriksen, with the talent that he brings in and the squad that they have, they are, they are going to be really tough uh, for Peru to kind of hold off for that that second spot. Australia, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not sold on them. I think they're going to be the fourth team. I, th- I think they're going to struggle. But for me, that just like you said, Doug, when you have three teams where any of them could could get to the knockout rounds, it, it makes it for a good group. So the, for me, Peru, Denmark, uh, battling for second. And what happens if France falls apart? I don't see it. I don't see France falling apart. Way too much talent. As much as some people might have seen that U.S. game and thought, "Oh, maybe they're not as good as we thought." It is a friendly. They were. T- I, I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. But Peru and Denmark, for me, make this make Group C uh, a heck of a group. What, what do you guys think of Group C? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think again, you get down into that battle between Peru and Denmark, two teams that you know probably not a lot of people talking about them outside of looking at this group. Peru, I'm, with everything they went through going into this tournament and, and the, the appeal process with Guerrero and getting in and then not getting in, not getting in and then getting in, like that's one of those narratives that can grab a hold and push a team forward in a tournament like this, which is why I've got Peru finishing second in the group and getting out. But that game will be will be huge. And 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 Australia is not a great team, but you know, they find a way to make it tough on on teams. That'll be a game where if you overlook it, you could end up ruining your chance to get out of the group. It, it, it's definitely, for me, you know, it's up there as, as one of the better groups, you know, just because it does have that intriguing 2-3 matchup. Right, no, I agree, absolutely. Uh, as far as the other groups, we'll, I'll just get your top two for, for these groups uh, just to get a sense of who, who you're looking at. So Group A, I'm going to go Chalk. I'm going to go Ur- Uruguay and Egypt, even though Russia obviously being the host there's always that question, but this Russia team is not not very good. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Uruguay in Egypt. Doug, what's your what's your order for that group? Yeah, I think I think uh, I felt the same way. I mean, obviously, I think you know there's only been one host ever that didn't qualify for the knockout stages. That was South Africa in 2010, but that's not a good Russian team. Uh, they're just not. So uh, I think a lot will depend on Mosala's health. Uh, like like Paul said, you know, not not. Uh, not the same cast of characters around him that he has in, in Liverpool, but if if he's healthy, and I think that's the big question mark. I mean, it's not easy to play with with a shoulder injury. Um, it's just not, and he's going to get a lot of attention on him, and you have to wonder, you know, how close to 100% he's going to be. Um, so that that's the only way I see Russia going through is if is if Egypt, uh, you know, their their star man's a bit hobbled. So um, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you though that. Uh, Uruguay and, and Egypt to the one two in that group. How about you, Paul? Yeah. Do you, do you I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be different here because I've seen Icarus on Netflix and I see what <laughs> happens when Russia hosts big events. There is no way that Putin's <laughs> Russia team is not gonna get out of the group in a tournament in Russia. It's not happening. Here we go. Conspiracy Russia's theories. Let's go. I'm telling you right now, put it put your money on Russia to get out of the group. <laughs> I can see it. I can definitely the see it. The pride of a country is on the line. So I got Uruguay one, Russia two. Egypt three, Saudi Arabia four, and uh, you can thank Putin for it. Well, I'll tell you well, what: if, if, if we see some ref, questionable ref decisions, then yeah, we'll, we'll definitely something will be up there. What do you th- what are you saying? What were you going to say, Doug? Yeah, just I mean, I remember just as a counterpoint to that. I mean, I, going into the twenty fourteen Winter Olympics in Sochi, the big talk was uh, 
uh, you know, who's going to win the hockey gold. And, and, you know, Russia was, you know, everyone said Russia's going to, you know, the fix is in, Russia's going to win it. And then I watched the U.S. beat Russia in a, in a shootout uh, with Putin watching and, and Russia didn't even medal in that tournament. So I'm, I'm putting the conspiracy theories aside. I just think Russia's not a good team and there's not much they're going to be able to do um, to, to get them over the hump, you know, no matter, no matter, uh, you know, what they're feeding those guys. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know what the ref assi- referee assignments are for the for the Russia matches. That's that's going to be a big question there. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, we, group B obviously seems pretty chalk, right? You have uh, Spain and Portugal there. Uh, is that is, is, either of you guys see either of those teams having any trouble? No. No, Paul. Right? Or, or no, do you, or do you, I got okay. Spain, Portugal. All right, cool. All right, we'll move on to C then. Fran- I'm going France, Peru. Obviously, I'm going Peru second. What, how do you guys? What do you guys see? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I think that's what I had. And again, I'm just, I'm not sold on France. I'm really curious, you know, how their first game goes. And and I think that'll set the tone for them. But uh, So you're picking Peru uh, in the group. That's what you just said, right? I I think Peru's (laughs) going to go through on this. I think they'll go through. I'll leave it at that. I'm not picking. Obviously, I can't, I can't we're prove. we're too good of friends with Ivis because we all got Peru going. No, you could pick Denmark, man. You could pick. No, Denmark. I've got. I mean, I've got Peru. It's just it's, it's the bias that's built in, man, out of our friendship. Uh, <laughs> Listen, Christian Eriksen is good, man. He is so. He's wow. I mean, I. It's not a given. It's not a given. But uh, yeah. I tell you what, having Paulo Guerrero be clear to play is so huge. It's so huge for for them and for Peru. I was going to say us, but you know, we we never say us. Um so yeah, I, I think that that one's uh, this going to be fun. Uh next we have we talked about group D. Uh I think you wait, I don't know Paul, did you give me your top 2? We got Argentina I, 1. Who's your number 2? I, I have Argentina, Croatia, and then Nigeria, Iceland. So I've got Croatia. I think they're a better team than people give them credit for and I I think they'll come out of the group in second. You, we, I have the same exact four. I tell you, we great minds think alike. How about you, Doug? What, what's your what was your order again? What was that group? Group D. Group D. Yeah, like oh, yeah said, Argentina. D. Yeah, yeah. So I had Argentina one. I had Iceland two. Croatia Iceland. three. Nigeria four. But again, that Croatia could go either way. To me, I I could easily see them going through as well. You kind of you know, Doug. Now that I think about it, I was in Iceland. Uh, a couple months ago, you kind of look like you're from Iceland. Is there like a secret like, kind of Iceland family connection that we don't know about? I think we're all Vikings if you go back far enough. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doug uh, Doug Mackinson. That's, that's your that's your Icelandic well, name. You you know the deal with the last names in Iceland, right? And I'll I'll tell you. The I son know. of I yeah, forgot. I heard the story. I forgot. I, for, right, I already well, forgot it. I did a story on Aaron Johansson way back. The you know Icelandic Alabama born uh, to yes. Icelandic parents moved back to Iceland when he was a kid. You know, like three years old, grew up in Iceland, ended up playing. You know, deciding to play for the U.S. national team. Played in the World Cup in uh, 2014. Came on in that first game. Uh, but yeah, doing a story about him. So the, his, his his last. I asked. His, I was talking to his mom, and I said, "So you know, your your last name is is also Johansson." And she said, "No, actually, the way we do names here is your last name is your father's first name. So Aaron is the son of Johan. He's Aaron Johansson. So mm. just it's yeah. very different than any that I've ever heard about. So that's something to keep in mind when you're watching uh, Iceland play at the World Cup. Uh, the Aaron Johansson name drop, and I, I, it, it, it's it's interesting that, 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 now that you mentioned it. I gotta ask you guys: Do you think he's? Do you think it, right now that he regrets having played for the U.S. and not? I mean, to be fair, I don't even think I don't know if he's healthy right now. If he would have uh, been able to even make this Iceland team, so I'm curious. I'm curious if he, if he regrets 
Orfis, you know, he did get to play in a World Cup, even though it was a few minutes in one match. He still yeah. got a chance to play in a game. So I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, Definitely. I think I, I you think, think he regrets it. You think he regrets it, Paul? Yeah, I mean, look at the run that Iceland went on in the Euros and the story it's been. And I, I, there's got to be just some, at least like a twinge of regret inside of him. I mean, to because they've been such a great story. They're such a small country. The amount of pride that you have to feel. I mean, I just speaking from you know personal experience in the sense of watching Costa Rica make the run last year. Such a small country, and to see people start rooting for somewhere where you know my my dad is from all my family lives there you know you feel this huge sense of pride over what a small country like that is doing in a major tournament there had to be a little there i mean he's human there has to be a little bit now yeah there has to be a little bit of regret just like i think with giuseppe rossi i think maybe deep down he maybe he looked back on and said "Eh, maybe maybe i would have played for the u.s what what do you think doug you think you you think aaron uh johansson regrets uh, playing for u.s what I was going to say is I think it's I think it's telling that he hasn't really spoken about it. He hasn't said anything because he know you know. So the fact that like he he's not done any interviews with with any U.S. outlets to my knowledge, um, you know, knowing that he's going to get that question, I think that you know, yeah, and like Paul said, it's human nature. You'd have you know, you'd have to think that that you know when he's at home in the summer of 2016 and when he's at home in Iceland watching this tournament that he's going to wonder what what might have been, but. You know, to your point, in 2014, he had a chance to play in a World Cup, and he took it. And at that point, I mean, I remember talking to Lars Lagerback, the was the coach of Iceland. Name drop, name drop alert. Good. <laughs> 2016. Well, there you go. They played US, the U.S. in a friendly in the January camp, and Lagerback, you know, I asked Lagerback about Johansson, and he said, "Well, I think Aaron, uh, uh, you know, thought maybe he would never play in a major tournament if he stuck with Iceland. Iceland, but he was wrong about that, wasn't he? You know, he kind of got yeah. a little digging." <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, at the time in 2014 when Johansson made that choice, I don't think any of us could have foreseen that they would end up qualifying for the next Euros and the next World Cup. And if Johansson knew that at the time, sure, mm-hmm. his decision might have been different. But, you know, yeah. like you said, he- out on the field of World Cup. So what, what can you say about that? And he might have been injured for this one anyway. You take the opportunity that's in front of you, and that's what he did. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I think if he, I think if he had a time machine, he probably would go back and, at the very least, I mean, I don't know. You think about it, he was injured in that World Cup, and after that whole sequence is when the injuries started to kind of, you know, take hold of him. So you wonder maybe playing in that World Cup might have set him back in terms of in terms of injuries and and set this whole kind of you know the whole butterfly effect uh, in in motion. But we've got a complete Aaron Johansson uh, yeah, <laughs> rabbit hole. Thank you, thanks a lot, Doug. Uh, but we'll, we'll get back on track. Uh, let's see what group what group are we on now? Group uh, Group E, Group E, Brazil, uh, Brazil. I'm gonna go Brazil, Serbia here. That that Brazil, Serbia is my pick. Uh, Costa Rica, man. I think Costa Rica could do it again. I think they could get out of the group. Mm-hmm. I'll go Costa Rica third, Switzerland fourth. Doug, how do you have that group? Yeah, Brazil, Brazil first, obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I like Costa Rica to go through again. I think they're, you know, they have some experience now, and that that matters. And they have, you know, arguably the best keeper or one of the most informed keepers in the world at the moment. They they could, you know, that that it's not. Impossible for them to, to beat out Serbia for the second spot, not by a long shot. So I'm going to go with uh, the CONCACAF nation to go through with with uh, Brazil. And I think the last time they were in a group with Brazil was way back in 2002. They narrowly missed out from going through. I think this time they uh, they they do it. They do it. You now you mentioned that game uh, that that 2002. I was at that game, 
And that Brazil Costa Rica, that's one of the best games, most entertaining games I've ever been to. Brazil uh, beat Costa Rica 5 2. Uh, so you hear that score, you might think, oh, what? that's not a good game. But it was unbelievably entertaining uh, in South Korea. And, uh, you know, I think you just changed my mind. I think I'm going Costa Rica. I, 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 have a, I, feel, I feel Paul's compromised by, by his, his – by, he doesn't want to – he doesn't no. want to offend Paunovic, so he's going picking Serbia. He doesn't want to be a homer, so he's picking Serbia. I think I'm going to go Costa Rica second. So yeah. you are sticking with Serbia second, right, Paul, just, just for the record? No, I'm not going to be on record picking against Costa Rica. My family could hear this. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, all right. Look, so you're picking. Costa, so you are picking Costa Rica. Because, no, I think I just think Serbia could really make some. I, I think they could make life difficult for Brazil in that game. Um, I I agree. I, look, you're a politician right now, Paul. You're a you are dancing right now. Here's my thing. I just you know my whole nature as a fan has been that things will go wrong for whatever right, team I'm rooting right, for. Right. But the Caps, the Caps won. The won? Yes. They just won the Stanley <laughs> Cup. So Costa Rica's getting out of the group, baby. We're, we're here. We're you know we're back. Look, this team has some experience. They're a little. They they're not the same team as last time around. So I it's not going to be and and they're not going to play you know as the, in the same way all of the time. But I I think that this team still has the makeup to get out of it. They're not going to be intimidated by anybody. Um, they've got the right leaders within the group. And, you know, I do also remember that 2002 game with Juan Chope and Medford and, and everything they did against Brazil. Um, you know, I got Costa Rica getting out, Serbia three, Switzerland four. Yeah, I tell you what, like, and it, it, funny you mentioned the caps and you, and you mentioned hockey and the, 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 the rule in hockey is a hot goalie. You get a hot goalie and anything's possible. When you have Kayla Navis in net, I mean, you got a chance against anybody. And, and I think. That Costa Rica, I don't see them. They're not going to be as defensive as they were I mean, he's a in twenty fourteen. Right, no, no, no. and no, they, they, it's a different coach. It's a different style, and, right. and yes, that opens them up. But you can do that when you have the confidence of your goalkeeper behind you, who's capable of making those one to two big saves that keep you in it. You know, they they might be a little bit defensive at times against Brazil, but they're going to go at Switzerland and Serbia, and and they're going to try to dictate the game and. You know, the other thing is, you can ask Adrian Heath about this or anyone, you know, Frank Klopas when he was coaching in Montreal. You know, you get a different Johan Venegas in a Costa Rica jersey. You get a different Joel Campbell in a Costa Rica jersey. These Ticos, man, when they put on the Costa Rica jersey, it's like another level for them. And, you know, we saw that in the last World Cup. Joel Campbell ran himself to death in that tournament playing as a lone target striker. I just think they have that mental makeup that, that – propels you in a tournament like this i feel the pride the pride is dripping off your words i, I think i'm gonna have to lay i'm gonna have to lay in the costa rican national anthem in with your words so because to, to give it the, the beautiful full effect, anthem. the beauty Very yeah beautiful. hey it's what it's funny right when you think about another we're going on another tangent here but when you think about anthems that you hear a lot like for me like the Mex, i feel like i know the words to the mexican anthem i feel like i know the costa rican anthem if you hear them so many times i'm sure you know it i should I'm not going to ask you to sing the Costa Rican anthem, but are you going to are you going to sing the Costa Rican anthem when they play their first game? Are you going to be the hand on your, on your chest and you're going to be a full 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 go fan? Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, I, I have to, and I just I agree. It, you have these memories of things, you know. You have memory, and like I think about my dad singing the anthem when I was a kid, and like the the feeling in the room, and you know, my dad had some health issues a couple weeks ago. It's just it's brought all of that that feeling of who I am and where I come from 
Uh, yeah, man, I'm going to be, I, I, I definitely am going to be full go for the Tickles and, you know, I put the journalism part aside for a couple games in a tournament. Yeah, I can do that. No question. And, and the thing is, people, people should realize it's a, it's a twofold thing. Part of it is obviously the connection to that, that like you have that natural connection. You have the Costa Rica, I have the Peru. And, and when you grow up in, in a family and you grow up in the community, that, that, that just gives you that connection to a country. But I think the other thing that's going to add to, uh, like you and I kind of in the fan experience of this tournament is as reporters, we don't get to be fans really most of the time. We don't get to, you know, we're at the, when we're at these games and people always ask, right? Uh, are you a fan? Are you a fan of the U.S. national team? Are you, are you not a fan? Uh, you, you, whether we are or we're not, like we can't be on the day, right? We have a job to do. So with this World Cup for me, I mean, I've got, I've been to four straight World Cups and I've covered them uh, beginning to end and at just in reporter mode. Just being able to be a fan for, for, for this tournament and have a team and actually just root and not feel like, hey, I'm a reporter, I should be rooting. I can root, baby, and I'm going to root. I'm going to have my Peru stuff on. My, I already ordered. I got my, my, my son's Peru jerseys on the way. So we're going to root. We're going to be fans. And it's going to be fun because we don't get to do that as reporters. So that's why, you know what? We got to take advantage. Amen. <laughs> Doug's Would like, you? yeah, I got to go get a jersey now. <laughs> no, 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 I'm actually no. To your point, I was like, I'm just, I'm excited to watch. I want to watch all 64 games of this tournament. Like, I want to watch. And I know that's that's tricky, obviously, with the, the you know the game starting uh, the last group, you know, last match day, of the first round games are simultaneous. Whatever, I'll have two screens going. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, I, I, the the only World Cup I've covered was was Brazil four years ago, and. I didn't get to watch a lot of games outside of the U.S. games and the other games oh, that I covered because yeah. I was on a plane half the time. So. Yeah. Or in an so, airport running around like a maniac. Yeah, Right, exactly. You no know, flights at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. I mean, just an insane itinerary and, you know, 18-hour work days and all that stuff. So to be able to actually sit and watch it, to, you know, the, the irony was I got to cover that World Cup and I saw less of that World Cup than any World Cup that I can remember. So I'm looking forward to, to catching all 64 games this time around. I totally forgot what group we were we were on. Uh, let, let's go group F. Uh, I'm gonna go Germany, Mexico. Doug, who are you going? Uh, I already two. said. I already. I think I already said uh, Germany, Mexico. Nice ball. Yeah, it's chalk for me. Germany, Mexico. All right, and Group G. Uh, I'm going uh, Belgium, England. No, no upsets there. Paul, what you got? Yeah, I've got the same. Belgium, England, one, two. Panama at the bottom. Sorry, guys. Yeah, can't they're gonna? It's gonna be a rough one. I think they could, they could finish in last. They could be the U.S. of 1998 and finish in dead last in this tournament. What, what do you think, Doug? Yeah, I have to agree on Panama, and, and I know I've talked a lot of smack about England on this podcast, but I, <laughs> I think they go through uh, pre- pretty, pretty easily. And I'm, I'm looking forward to watching England's games. I think they have a young, exciting team, and you know, I won't shed any tears if they flame out or if they lose on penalties, like they always do. But uh, they're definitely gonna gonna advance. The tricky thing about England, right? I, this, this is kind of the most for maybe, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like this is one. Of, this is one of the more likable, if not the most likable, England team that they've had uh, in in a while. But you know how it goes. If they do really well, we'll never hear the end of it. So that's kind of why you're kind of torn, right? It's like you want to see Dele Alli do well, you want to see Harry Kane do well, you want to you know you want to see them put it together, Rashford. But you know if they crush it. I mean, English fans are going to just be inco- just be insufferable. So I, it's a, a double-edged sword there. Uh, group Group H, uh, Paul, you, you're in you're in Chicago. Poland's in that group. I don't know if you can get away with not picking them to get out. But who, who's your what's your order in that group? 
Yeah, it's my it's at my health at stake here. Um, <laughs> I, well, I I've got Poland number one actually, and I've got Colombia finishing second. Senegal, man. I know a lot of people are it, jumping it, on that train, but I've got Poland, Colombia. Give me that one more time because you broke up on me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I've got I've got Poland number one. Um, I've got Poland repping, repping Chicago. I've got Colombia coming out second. Um, and I know a lot of people want to jump on that Senegal train. They're they're kind of a dark horse pick for some people, but I think I think it'll be Poland, Colombia. That's a good shout. I think yeah, Colombia's. Uh, they're they're not going to be quite as good as this last tournament. Uh, Doug, what, what's your order for that that? Group H. Yeah, I, I had Colombia and Poland, and and um, I think Colombia will be just fine. I think they get out, but I I like Poland a lot. That's a team a lot of people aren't talking about. I mean, they're they they have you know Robert Lewandowski is one of the best strikers in the world. They they're a better team than a lot of people are giving them credit for, and uh, you know they could get out and maybe even potentially win a, win a, a round of sixteen game. I'm not not even close to being sold on Senegal. I, I think that it's going to be real tough sliding for them to. Uh, to advance and uh, and I don't see Japan really putting up uh, much resistance either. So, uh, Colombia, Poland, and it could, could be either order. Uh, you know, what one or two, but those are the two that go through. Right, I like the, I like those two as well. Uh, I'm gonna go Poland, Colombia. I'm gonna go Col- Poland, Colombia, Senegal, Japan. <clears throat> There's not there hasn't been much talk about that group, but I think you could en- actually end up having some pretty entertaining games in that group. And for those people who intend on watching every single game, that group might actually be a su- more more surprising in terms of just entertainment value than, than people are expecting going into the tournament. So we've covered everything under the sun in this tournament. And you know what I'm going to ask you at the end. Uh, hopefully you guys have made your picks, picks by now because I was asked this like a week or two ago and I had no idea. I hadn't even thought about it. But give me your final and... And who who do you have winning the tournament? Uh, I'll, I'll let senior seniority. I'll go Doug first. Uh, give me your pick. Uh, the final, your final, and your winner. Yeah. So my final, my final is Argentina, Spain, and I think a lot of people. I, I think I'm voting with my heart as much as I'm voting with my head. A lot of people are talking about Argentina as not being a very good team, besides having Messi. And I think some of those criticisms are fair. I would love to see. Messi play in, a, in another final, um, in another World Cup final. I think he deserves it, and I think uh, you know if he can carry that team there. Um, I, I think, and I and I hope that they can they can beat Spain, uh, which is a, a team that's you know going to be uh, desperate to get back to to the level that they were at during the, those those great years where they won Euro World Cup Euro between uh, two thousand eight and two thousand twelve. But uh, I want to see Messi. Uh, I want to see Messi hoist that cup, um, and uh, that's my pick. We'll see if it happens. Paul, give me your final. Give me your winner. Uh, I'm pretty much chalk here. I've got Brazil, Germany in the final, uh, and I've got Brazil winning it. I think that they are the right mix of of young and energetic, and and with with the kind of a, a solid, interesting but solid midfield defensive midfield I, I think just because i did an interview last week with bastian schweinsteiger and he talked all about that german mentality and the identity of the the, the country and the the national team but i just think they have the makeup even though it, they the golden generation of of the world cup winners in 2014 aren't a part of this team um, i think they have enough to to go all the way through and uh you know manuel neuer's form i think will be the make or break for for this german team but i see them getting to the final and then uh, Brazil with uh, the ultimate revenge after what happened 
in 2014 to to win the World Cup trophy. Germany. Germany is a tricky one. They obviously with the talent that they have, they should get there, but maybe it's just just that that thought of what these past most recent champions and their struggles. It has me feeling like mm, I don't know, I don't have them in there. I do have Brazil in the final. Uh just with, with Na- we see Neymar now. We know he's 100%. We know he's ready to go. And we saw them just plow through qualifying uh, as good as they looked. So I have Brazil in the final. My other pick in the final, I want to go Argentina. I want to pick Argentina. I want to pick Messi because uh, I, I do want to see him lift the trophy finally. I'm just not sold on his team, on his teammates, on Argentina having the players to, to help him. Because it's tough to do it on your own. And if you could do it on your own, he would be the guy to do it on his own. But it's tough to do. So I can't pick Argentina. I'd love to. I want to put him in. But I'm going to go Spain again. I'm going to put Spain back in the final. I know these tournaments are normally no good for older, older players. But I feel like Iniesta, it, this is the swan song for him. I feel like th- I feel like he is going to take that super talented Spain team and he's going to lead them to the final where you get a Brazil-Spain final, attractive final, beautiful soccer. And I'm going to pick Spain to win it. Andres Iniesta again. Uh, I'm not going to say he's going to score the winner again like he did in South Africa, which is still for me one of the best moments of my career as a journalist covering just seeing him score that winner in South Africa. But I do see Spain lifting it. I want to pick Brazil. I'll probably change my pick three times between now and Thursday. But I'm going to go Spain over Brazil, although I would love to see Argentina and Lionel Messi silence all the critics and get that trophy. It's just hard to do without without the teammates. Without As we have saw recently with LeBron James and Cleveland, it's hard to do. If you don't have the supporting cast, uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a great tournament, guys. I'll tell you that. There's so many permutations, so many variations. You, there's like eight teams that can, you could see in the final. You could see France in the final. You could see maybe Ronaldo goes crazy and helps lead the, uh, Portugal to the final. Uh, who? I, tell you, I think we've covered everything. I think there's nothing else to talk about. Any final, any final words or final thoughts on this tournament, Paul? Give me, give me your your kind of final thoughts on this tournament. Um, no, I, I look. We we. The, I think the narrative going in has been some of the teams that missed out. But like you said, this is kind of a well-rounded tournament as a result. With kind of, if it goes pretty close to chalk coming out of the groups, there are some interesting matchups in the knockout rounds, and there are some teams. Every even the big teams, France, Germany. We have our doubts about teams like that. Uh, I think it'll be really intriguing. How about this Golden Boot? I've got Neymar winning the Golden Boot at the tournament. That's my last prediction of the tournament right there. Neymar Golden Boot, that's a pretty good shot. I hadn't even I have literally not spent a minute thinking about Golden Boot, but I should. Uh but since he brought it up, Doug, you could you could chime in on Golden Boot as well, Doug, but a- any other well, final thoughts on this tournament? Yeah, I was actually asked for a Golden Boot pr- prediction and I and I picked Messi. I figure if I'm picking him to get get to the final and win it all, then and and he's going to have to be the guy that carries his team there then it only makes sense that he'll be the guy with the most goals. And, uh, you know, Messi, for all the things he does well, he's still a pretty damn good goal scorer. So uh, that that's my pick. And, yeah, I mean, I, I just, just – the thing I hope for most of all is that we get an entertaining tournament. I mean, you have – every now and then you have a dud of a tournament. Uh, you know, I, I don't think South Africa was a terrific, uh, you know, viewing experience for neutrals. Brazil, on the other hand, was. A lot of, a lot of goals, a lot of great goals, very entertaining matchups, upsets everything and i just hope we see see some more of that uh, this summer in russia and i think we will i mean I, I i get excited when we look at the games that we, like we did uh you know at the beginning of uh of the pod here and and so many great games 
game, so many great players, and I just hope that uh, the action on the field lives up to the billing off it. I agree. I, I think it's going to be a great tournament to watch from home. I think this is going to be the perfect <laughs> tournament to just sit in front of your TV, watch 64 matches in HD. You can record the ones you, you know if you can't if you can't devote however 10 hours to viewing, you can always record them. Uh, so many. I think it, the a great thing is is these countries that either have never been to World Cup, uh, obviously like a, a Panama and Iceland, or teams who haven't been in, in decades, like a Peru. I think that's going to add to it. I think the, the those fans, as much as so much was made of all the teams that didn't make it, like the U.S. and Chile and the Netherlands and Ghana, the fact that these teams, these new teams or these teams that haven't been there in so long is going to add a certain kind of energy to this tournament because I feel like all those countries that I mentioned before, I think I forgot Italy, uh, Italy as well. You know, you almost take it for granted, right? We as as Americans, I feel like we were taking it for granted that the U.S. would be there every four years. Now you have you have these fan bases that that fully appreciate what it means to be at a World Cup, and that's going to just add to the excitement of the whole thing. Uh, so I think it's been a great tournament, some great matchups, some great teams, uh, and hopefully, like I agree with you, I hope we get a good final. Hope we get goals in a final. I hope it's not a zero zero going into into extra time. I hope we get a goal fest. Two teams that just kind of want to throw caution to the wind and go at each other, which is kind of why I'm hoping for a Brazil Spain final. Because if they're in the final, there will be goals. So I think that's it. I want to thank you guys for joining me, Paul Tenorio. You can you can read his fine work at the Athletic. He's made he's made a, he was one of the big summer transfer signings uh, in the in the American soccer journalism world. And another one, Doug McIntyre. You can read him at Yahoo.com. As well, thank you guys for joining me, and, and it's been great to kind of chop it up with you guys. For people who don't know, we're, we're kind of like the three amigos, and we have some wild stories, but we're getting old. I got to say, guys, we're getting old because you know what? The fact that we couldn't record this at night because we, you know, let's face it, we're all probably going to bed a little earlier than we used to. It's great that we could get on and 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 hang out for a little bit because before you know it, we'll be back on the road covering the U.S. national team as they hopefully get to the next World Cup. That's the that's the plan, Ivis. Sure. No right. doubt. It was always good chatting with you guys. And uh, yeah, well, I, I just just because I was on the line with you, I had a beer, even though it's nine in the morning uh, <laughs> here in Chicago. So. Look forward to seeing you guys again. And definitely thanks for coming on. And thanks for joining me. Anytime, Ivis. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, Ivis. Well, that's it. Hopefully, hopefully this gives you guys a good prep for this World Cup. It's going to be a fun one. And yes, I know the U.S. isn't in it. And I'm sure some of you are still shedding some tears about that. But you know what? Wipe those tears away because this is going to be a fun tournament. And I think we're all going to be in for a treat. So thanks for listening to the show. I'm Ivis Kolarset. This is the SBI Show.